thank you for coming back and listening to our podcast. We're continuing this series on testimonies of lament, thinking about our stories and not just the beautiful parts of them, but also the parts that make us beautiful, that are hard and difficult. And we're glad you're here with us. And today I've got Mary with me. So Mary, why don't you tell us just a bit about who you are and your history and, and your background? Hi, uh, so my name is Mary. I was actually born in Zambia and I then spent the rest of my life in Botswana and I had my secondary and tertiary education in South Africa. I met my husband in South Africa. I've got three kids and about seven years ago uh, we moved out to Bristol where we've been ever since. I'm uh, originally from India, that's where my parents are from. So I'm fairly multicultural, I've traveled a lot. Um, so that's a kind of a bit of my background and my history. Now I'm currently training to be a priest in the Church of England and I'm studying at Trinity College. And I think my story that I want to share today is probably about identity and belonging. That surprised me a lot because I would have said a few years ago that my story would have been about uh, healing from mental health um, issues. So where do I begin? A couple of years ago at Trinity, I was sitting in a class and I was just listening to some things that my peers were saying and I suddenly felt very othered and it really challenged what I thought about myself, what I thought about the people I was uh, sitting next to and potentially would be serving with in ministry in the future. And I suddenly felt so uncomfortable and I just said to God, like, what are you doing? What's happening to me? My lecturer challenged me and he said that he believed I should share this with the class. And ever since then, I have been on this journey of self-discovery um, on race and on identity, about being Indian and African and British at the same time and what that means. What have I learned about it so far? That I'm uncomfortable with it and yet it's super important. I dread to think that that is the only reason I was selected even, you know, I believe it is about my merits and about having been discerned that this is the right place for me. Mm. But I know for some people it is also about the colour of my skin, it is about my gender, it is about my ethnicity. Mm. Uh, and I need to find a way to be comfortable with that, particularly because I feel God has called me and put me in that place. Mm. Um, I find it painful because most of my life I have been an expatriate or an immigrant. And so everywhere I go, I've had to apply for a visa, had to prove that I belong, that I'm good enough to be a part of a community, which is degrading and humiliating on many levels. You know, just having to prove that you are educated enough, that you have enough wealth, that you are contributing to community in the right way without even being first seen as as a human being I find terrible and I've had to do that most of my life mm. and so being in the Church of England suddenly being confronted with a different issue was really difficult uh, because in a place where I've always felt I belonged I was suddenly being shown I, I'm different even still I don't know what else I can say and about that what are some of the ways that you kind of awaken to this feeling of difference and how did you feel different at that time I think just how I see life, how I've experienced life, having grown up in multicultural places, so people of different colours, uh, people of different nationalities, has meant that 
I have always been in a group of people where we've challenged each other about what we think about the world, how we view one another, how we treat one another. Mm. Just how our perspective, my perspective is so different than a person who's grown up in Britain, which really surprised me because I thought this is a first world country. You've got access to everything, you know, media, uh, internet, everything, you know, Mm. and I thought, but people aren't reading, people aren't learning history, people aren't learning about other cultures. And Mm. so I sat in a place where people are in this post-truth, you know, thing where everyone thinks they've gone beyond and everyone accepts everybody. Mm. And that's not true. And I was really challenged by that. I suddenly felt very much like an immigrant because of language like those people. Why don't they Mm. try to learn our language or fit in with the culture? And I was really offended by that because wherever I've grown up, there have been British experts who will go to the British pub and go to, you know, don't learn the language. I I was just, the small mindedness of it was really... I don't know, I find that really, like, challenging. I thought, why has nobody ever had these conversations with one another? Mm. And, and so those are the things that suddenly I was like, oh, I am, I am different just by the mere fact that I've grown up somewhere else. Yeah. But people assumed that I was the same because I dressed the same, I sound very English, mm. um, I have a very English culture. So even my skin colour, I think, is whitewashed by my middle classness mm. by my uh, the way I put myself forward and that for me was a survival technique so actually my accent changes wherever I am uh, because I learned at, at a young age if I don't sound a certain way people don't understand you and you have to repeat yourself so yeah. with my Indian family I sound more Indian with my South African family I have a more South African accent and here I sound more British that it's mm. just a survival technique because yeah. I, I need to belong and assimilate and and perhaps that's a lie I've been telling myself all my life, that I need to be more like the person in front of me than myself, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that's... And that's when we're thinking about this lament, this grieving, it must be just such a heavy cost yeah. to, you know, then ask, have to ask that question of who am I? You know, I just wonder, as I'm listening to you thinking if you're able to kind of move into these categories, then are there times when you're thinking, well, who am I really and how do I live from a core of myself and rather than kind of having to swap and fit in? And that's really costly, isn't it? Yeah, it is costly. And I think on both ends, I'm fearful because I think now I've been put in this position, uh, not necessarily of my own choice, but now I feel there's a responsibility there. So there are people who look like me or who are in a minority ethnic um, group who have expectations of me and I feel pressure on, on doing it right and getting it right. Yeah, yeah. And then at the same time, there are people who want me to represent that group of people and I don't uh, because I'm different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so that comes at a cost to my own identity because actually I feel I am who I am and just by by my very being, I am those things. I don't need to prove any of that or do any of those things differently for the sake of other people. So I've had to find, I'm, I guess what I'm doing is learning now how to continue to be what I have always been without yeah. the expectations of all those different groups and right. allowing God to work that out in me. Yeah. Because sometimes, yes, I am going to have to stand up and talk as a brown-skinned Asian African woman yeah and sometimes I'm just going to 
be preaching the gospel and by the very fact that I am me, that's going to speak. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah, that's really interesting. I really appreciate you speaking to us about this. A word that you use a couple times I think is really important is other. And you, I, I think you were saying early on that you were like specific in this Trinity moment, not feeling like another, but all of a sudden maybe having your eyes open to the fact that you maybe felt, oh, maybe I don't fit in like I did. Maybe I feel like someone who's other. And I just think I wonder about that because we're in a unique time in the Church of England specifically, but I think also in the church full stop is there's a, a recognition of of things that are maybe ingrained habits that people haven't recognized but are beginning to recognize about how we've made people feel like the other by the way that we do church or the way that our liturgy is. And so is it a weird time for you to be in ministry in that sometimes you can feel other because it's bad and you feel that there's like, you know, in one extreme racism, but you can also feel that you are now more favored because of your otherness, because we're looking to have more people, you know, in our church of different skin color. And that's such a wide gamut to have to like encounter. Can you speak into that, what that otherness is like in that world? Oddly, I never realized how particular the Church of England was in terms of its whiteness, in terms of its middle classness, just because I've grown up an Anglican my whole life. And that just was the Anglican church. Yeah, And I think it's it's only now when I was looking at ministry, um, at other people and, and how are we doing church that I suddenly realized, oh wait, I've just accepted that this is what church is without mm. thinking about who I am and, and what does that mean? Um, and, and how do other people then come into a church and go, well, actually, I don't relate to that language. I don't relate to those songs. I don't relate to the person stood in front of me. Yeah. Um, or just assuming that that's the way that everybody relates to one another. Yeah. Just like race, I'm, I'm only in the last few years discovering that about myself and how I've worshipped. Mm. And so I can't imagine how it must be for somebody who has gone into a church and felt like that their whole life. Yeah. Um, and so now this is something amazing and exciting and new for me. And I don't think it's as simple as putting someone like me um, in the front of a church. That's not going to attract a whole bunch of like diversity. Yeah. I think it's going to be a case of challenging not only our current communities, but actually challenging minority cultures and saying, actually, how do we come together? How do we make this work in a way that that suits you and suits me? It works somewhat, you know, works around the world. So how, how are people doing that? around the world and I don't know maybe it's maybe at the moment it's just all homogenous churches and we haven't noticed that yet I'm not sure that that's a bad thing necessarily but yeah. it's certainly there's some work to be done loads of work to be done and I think this is it's a good time to be doing these things I think you know as we were speaking earlier it's good to have uncomfortable conversations it's yeah. good to be awkward around one another I, th I think if we don't if we don't do that those conversations will never get it happen and we'll never get to that place where we can say this is how we feel and this is where we want to go and this is how we're going to do it mm -hmm. together we can't do this is not something that can that that white people are going to fix for people of color and it's yeah. not something that people of color can make white people do it, it has to be something that we 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 do 
together yeah. for one another. And it doesn't mean that every church is going to be, you know, full of people of different class, different race, different culture. I, I don't think that that's the end goal. Yeah. I think it's just that accepting that the kingdom of God is varied and beautiful and, and wonderful. Um, and how does the church represent those things? Um, and I don't think it's down to individual yeah churches i love what you say about being uncomfortable because i feel like there's so many different ways that we have to be embrace being uncomfortable and i think like that's maybe the silver lining of some of the decline is that we have to ask ourselves questions that we've never had to ask ourselves before when we've just been you know church has been so you know had loads of you know people and money and decline has asked us asked a lot of us to say maybe the way we do mission isn't right maybe the way that we have people in you know maybe we all just look one way you know maybe diversity is something we need to look at you know these are the things that are really good conversations to have though yeah because we're rediscovering god we're rediscovering church we're rediscovering new ways of of doing things that are actually really beautiful and it's good hard work but you're saying also that you've kind of experienced there's been some um kind of things you felt in terms of a message that you that you were like saying uh through this process you've learned yeah so what kind of is your thing that you've in this discovery process you were saying you've kind of thought about the kingdom a different way yeah so i think there's two things in the classroom when i felt challenged about being othered i thought um and that was about muslims and christians um, I thought if Jesus could humiliate himself and put himself in that uncomfortable position of being a human being amongst you know, people who were his inferiors, how can we not do the same for one another? You know, we need to humiliate ourselves and humble ourselves and extend that hand of grace. And that's uncomfortable. It doesn't mean we like one another. I don't think it means we agree with one another all the time. Mm-hmm. But I think that... That for me is a hugely powerful image for me of the incarnate Christ. Mm. Um, And I think that that is how we need to be with one another. And then the other thing that I'm discovering about the kingdom of God is that I think that we are called to be Christians, particularly that we are called to be a displaced people. We don't belong here on this earth. We're not meant to feel comfortable. It's not meant to feel easy. Mm. Um, This is not our home. And I think that is the journey that I've sort of been on most of my life. I have never had a home. Like most people go, when I want to go home, this is, this is my home. I, I've had so many places that I've had the privilege of calling my home. Yeah. I, I don't think I could ever pick one without denying a part of myself. And that's really difficult when everyone's like, well, where are you from? And who are you? And I'm like, I don't know. I used to say with pride once upon a time that I was a citizen of the world. Mm. Um, That means nothing nowadays. So for me, I cling on to the fact that I I am a displaced person. I am a refugee. I'm an immigrant um, on this earth. Um, And I think that, that as Christians, we need to adopt that attitude of being a displaced people and perhaps that would change how we do church how we view one another how we exist as a community Um, i think that's fantastic i think it's wow so challenging there is just my wheels are turning as you're talking about that thinking about um 
especially if it just applied to the church again. So many mission statements I see are, even on a diocese level, are about how do we get to where we were 20, 30, 40 years ago. You know, like, we need to get more money, more families in, more of this, more of that. And I just long to almost see a diocese strategy be like, embrace being uncomfortable. Yeah. Embrace um, having to recognize where we are now and think about what the future of the church could be. And that's what I think what you're talking about is the future of the church and not thinking about how do we become comfortable again and how do we go back to time. Yeah. And I think that's exactly what's needed right now. So I really appreciate your thoughts and all this. Would you take a moment and just pray for that? Pray for us. Pray for this uncomfortableness and pray for everyone listening that we can embrace this. Pray for us. Sure. Father God, thank you that you um, loved us so much that you came down to be with us, those who are not worthy to be among you. I pray, Lord, that we would um, have the courage to uh, humble ourselves, that we would uh, be bold enough to extend a hand of grace to one another. And I pray, Lord, that we would learn to become comfortable in the uncomfortable spaces, that we would um, learn to have those difficult and awkward conversations. Father, I just pray that you would bring the Holy Spirit over your church and that you would anoint us to do your work for your glory. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to a New Wine England podcast. For more information, visit new-wine.org.